0: The AMA, the organization that's here to make our profession better. Are you aware they're making millions selling data about you to the drug companies? You're listening to ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Robert Rostusha, Executive Director of the Prescription Project, and Dr. Benjamin Schaefer, a cardiologist in private practice up in Maine, and he's representing the National Physicians Alliance. I am honored to have both of you gentlemen here. You've both authored articles that appeared in the media about data mining and the AMA. I've read them, and now I'm kinda angry, Tell our listeners what's going on here. What does data mining mean? I didn't know what that meant until a week ago.
1: This is Rob. Data mining is really an insidious practice that's been developed by the drug companies in collusion with the AMA and a number of database companies that really allow brand name pharmaceutical manufacturers to target physicians and to get specific information about their prescribing patterns. So the detailers who are armed with samples and gifts and other things to incentivize physicians to move to uh, buying brand-name drugs of specific companies have information that even physicians don't have about their prescribing patterns. From a consumer standpoint, I think the patients are getting, as a result, uh, brand-name drugs that perhaps aren't the best alternatives for them and are getting higher-cost drugs where there could be a generic alternative.
0: What type of data is it specifically? In other words, in my practice, what are they finding out about me?
1: Well, they can have very specific data about what you're prescribing for what particular conditions. They'll have charts that specifically say you know, what the trends have been in your prescribing over a period of time, and then they can look at that and then tailor their marketing efforts particularly uh, to you, and to try to figure out how they might be able to focus on getting you to prescribe a COX-2 inhibitor instead of ibuprofen.
0: Well, not me, because I'm a dermatologist. I wouldn't <laughs> know and how to prescribe that. But where are they getting this information? Are pharmacies selling this to somebody?
1: There are large data mining companies that collect this information from TBMs, and then they connect it through the AMA's master file to specific prescribers.
0: At the AMA now, let's focus on them for a second. And we're not making them the bad guy. They're just in business here. What's a master file? And who gives them the right to sell this information?
2: This has been, I think actually this is one of the things that made me a little angry when I first learned about these things. I think awareness is rising, but I think most physicians are still ignorant of the fact that the AMA has data on virtually every single physician in the United States with an MD and a lot of the DOs, and I'm not privileged to have exactly what data they have, but they have very personal information, certainly where you are based, your name, which medical school you went to, etc. They just took it upon themselves to collect this data, and as it is a free market economy, they can sell this data to just about anybody and do so for quite considerable amounts of money.
0: Now, let's tell our listeners how much the AMA makes on this. I mean, I was stunned.
2: This was about, I think, 40 somewhat million dollars in the last uh, budget report they made from what they call sale of database products, a large part of which can be assumed to be sale of physician data.
1: It's around 20% of their overall budget. It, it is difficult to sort out exactly what is from the data mining and what is from other things, but it's a significant portion.
0: This is insidious. This is something we don't know about. Let's mention each of the groups that you guys represent. Ben, you want to go first, and then Rob, and tell us who you are, what you're representing, and we'll talk about the organization.
2: Sure. This is Ben. I'm a member of the National Physicians Alliance. This is a group I joined uh, last year, um, and I'm a member of their board. The National Physician Alliance came together in 2005 as a new organization. Is made up of former members of the American Medical Student Association. And what really our goal was, was to fill a gap we perceived in physician organizations, which is an organization that puts patients really first. I mean, our main focus is on service to the patient, professional integrity, and advocacy for the patient. And sort of one of our guiding principles is to put the health and benefit of the patient first.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach m 157 the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I'm speaking with Robert Restusha and Benjamin Schaefer about how the AMA sells our data to pharma companies for big money. It's a really interesting discussion. Okay, let's get back to your organization, Ben.
2: Okay. The National Physician Alliance basically has picked a couple of topics to make the prime objective where we feel that patients really lose out and doctors are sometimes lose out as well, but certainly may not be as aware of the problems. And one of the issues is the issue we're talking about, which is the data mining issue of, well, let's call it the commercial exploitation of
1: prescription data.
0: Okay. Rob, tell us about your organization, the Prescription Project.
1: The Prescription Project is led by Community Catalyst, which is a consumer advocacy organization in partnership with the Institute of Medicine as a Profession, which is a New York institute that is focused on ensuring that the medical profession remains a profession. We're funded by the Pew Charitable Trust. the, The project's goal really is to eliminate the conflicts of interest created by pharmaceutical marketing and Promoting policy change among academic medical centers, professional medical societies, public and private payers. You know, we're looking for solutions to really what we see as a major problem in the healthcare in the United States, which is the impact of pharmaceutical marketing on physicians. You know, ensuring that physician relationships are free from conflict of interest and ensuring that physicians are basing their decisions on accurate and unbiased information we think is essential to promoting sound and effective healthcare. The project's been in existence since February of this year. Uh, We're working across the country with organizations as diverse as uh, AARP and Consumers Union and, and the National Physicians Association.
0: These are both great groups. Actually, what I'm hearing them is I used to be the past president of the student AMA at my medical school, so I have a connection there. And when I speak anywhere and the pharmaceutical school company offers me an honorarium, I either don't take it or I give it away to charity and I let people know that I'm speaking the truth. These are wonderful organizations. So both groups are opposing this practice. How are they doing it?
2: This is Ben. I wanted to speak to the AMA a little bit more and how they're dealing with the issue of this data being sold. The MAS Institute, a program that seems to limit the information drug companies receive about physicians, what it in fact does, it prevents the sales representative in the office to get the data of the physician only and still passes on and sells information to the organizations that collect this data. We think this is just not going far enough. We've certainly tried to launch a publicity campaign to make physicians more aware do the SWA organizations, newsletters, uh, personal contact.
0: You're talking about the opt-out program, correct?
2: Right, the opt-out program with the MA.
0: Because I signed up for that, and my drug reps don't seem to have my data anymore. They tell me that they get a list, but it's like a zero after my name.
2: Yes, a lot of them have hand computers, and the computer tells them when they don't have data. I think the other thing that you know we tried was to support uh, legislative efforts uh, across the country that ban, that practice. Most prominently, we sort of came into this after the New Hampshire law. We certainly have signed on to the amicus brief and the um, currently under appeal. Um, We've supported efforts in Maine and Vermont, and we've actively pursued legislation in Washington state.
0: So wasn't some of this legislation passed, but then rescinded because of freedom of speech?
2: Correct. And Rob may be able to speak a little more to that. But in New Hampshire, this was rescinded because it was thought to impede on
1: commercial free speech, a concept which I had been unfamiliar with until then. This is Rob. We think that the court decision was ill-founded, and we have worked on an amicus brief that uh, we have submitted that really challenges the basic assumptions of the uh, court decision, which, as you said, was overturned on the basis that it was a violation of free speech and, you know. There is a significant body of evidence showing that uh, there are strong reasons for the state to do this and that this is really commercial speech, which is very different than free speech as we think about it in terms of civil rights. This is about advertisement and about uh, promoting and marketing. So in some ways, it's more about advertising types of free speech than than civil rights free speech.
0: Do you think that it's going to work and get the overturning overturned?
1: You know, we're very optimistic, and we know that uh, in Maine and Vermont, the legislators have moved forward and uh, also trying to address the specific concerns of the, the New Hampshire court. There is a movement out there around this issue. Uh, this is something that consumers and physicians and payers are pretty outraged about, and you see across the country there is a pressure to make change, and we're optimistic that the courts will allow this legislation in New Hampshire and, and other states to go forward.
0: That's fabulous. Okay, Robert and Ben, thanks for being our guest today and letting us know about data mining. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach mdxm 157, the channel for medical professionals. Reach MDXM is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. Tell us what you want and what you need. Send your email to xm at reachmd.com. We value your questions and thank you for listening.